Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. From the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for The V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Bobby V. Hey, welcome to Tuesday's edition of The V Show, ESPN 680 105.7. Why is there somebody holding? I don't have a guess right at the top, do I? There's somebody on the phone. Is that anybody? <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. We have faulty phone lines. It's Tuesday. Tuesday's with Fred. We don't need him on the phone because he's here in studio with us. Hello, Good to friend. see you, my friend. Great to see you. All right. What was today's topic in class? What did we do today? We visited WLKY. Oh, you did? Yeah. So, you know your way around there? Rumor has it. Rumor has it. So uh, this class, which is called Producing Kentucky to Stories, is really about a lot more, right? I mean, because you can't produce stories unless you know the food chain. Sure. How does this work and all that? Exactly. So it's been a crash course in basically doing this for a living, blogging, but also video. And we've done as much as we can out in the field, given the limitations of weather, which is starting to change. But like the backside of Churchill Downs isn't even open until like March 15th. Right. So we brought guests in and we've, we've gone to the Derby Museum. We've gone to the track already once. So... I thought, well, this is silly. I mean, what's the most, you know, the elephant in the room? Take them to the station. I saw seven young people like kids at Christmas. Oh. They, two people have asked yeah. about jobs already. I was going to say, unless you are like a regular at a TV station, it's one of those places everybody walks in with a bit of a sense of awe at the place. It really is. I mean, what you're looking at and you're thinking, this is where it comes from. I recognize that. They recognize them. And sometimes you look at it, sometimes you're struck with how much smaller it is than it looks I told them that before we got there. It's like, Everything is much smaller. Smaller. Yeah. But to that point, I, I've told them all along from day one, I'm trying to plant seeds here. I mean, even if they don't do this for a living, that's fine. If they want to do it, that's great. But I'm planting seeds about their futures in a variety of ways, right? So it's, as an example, what are you going to do for a living? You know, what do you have a plan? I mean, I, I really get in their heads as sure. much as I can, as well as teach them about all this other stuff. So today, you know, I'm running around. We only had about 45 minutes because of logistics. And the, the, the good news, we have a 9 o'clock news, and the class is from 9.30 to 10.45, so they got to see the end of a newscast in the studio as well as in the control Very room. Very cool. And they loved it. Right? Yeah, I mean, literally, it. right after, I gave them a quick talk at the end about internships and uh, trying to navigate, because they're, they're not kids, they're all uh, Are these, gr- these are undergrads or grad students? These, these are, are undergrads, undergrads, juniors and seniors, anywhere from 20 to 24 years old. And I said, you know, you need to ask yourself these questions. What does the future look like? I mean, if you don't know, take a guess. Well, nobody knows, but as best you can, where, where are you going to be in five years? Where are you going to be in one year? Where are you going to be an hour from now? I'm hoping to get a cup of coffee in an hour. Beyond that, I mean, who knows, right? So, 
And then this hour obviously is with my friend Bob. Yay. So, but the hard part, I think, because I try to put myself in their shoes and try to remember what it was like for me. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you didn't know. You're 20 years old, right? But no one ever challenged me to think about it. I mean, I was driven by a dream and all of that, which was really to be in radio. I mean, I thought I'd be a Terry Miners type. I never mm-hmm. thought I'd be a TV sportscaster. The dream was too big. I mean, sure, I wanted it. But in those days, ESPN was just going on the air. CNN was just going on the air. And the only local TV sports jobs were basically ex-athletes and friends of the general manager, right? right? For the most part. That's a massive generalization. And there was that stereotype, that Tank McNamara kind of buffoonish character. I didn't want to be that. I want to be a news guy. I agree. I want to be a news guy doing sports. I love both. I still watch the evening news like, you know, I'm hungry as can be for for the news of the day. News junkie. Um, To some degree. I mean, not over the top, but yeah, I would say so. I'm naturally curious and all that. And so I've been really trying to push them about their mindsets and to be hungry and to embrace the moment and to be most importantly light on your feet four words if i ever read a book be light on your feet five words and because i think that served me better than anything because things are going to happen you have a game plan it might get thrown out the second play right i mean we've seen that how many times in games that we cover much less in our own lives and so i said you may have a plan i'm going to be this in five years well guess what happens something else knocks you sideways and then what are you going to do i'm going through this with one of our daughters right now she's got this plan and suddenly it went sideways and she's struggling and it's she's got her feelings hurt and she's puckered up pretty hard i'm like darling you know, I didn't teach you this way. You're going to have to get over it. You're going to have to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and do something because you can't just sit there and feel sorry for yourself. So I try to instill all of this. And the best part today, frankly, was the walk outside uh, to the parking lot and the reaction I saw from them and the kind of excitement that they showed me, which, you know, you never know, right? Well, that's them outside the front door of WLKY. This is obviously radio, not TV. But it's a picture of eight people in front of our WLKY racehorse, the statue, like a lot of fundraiser for, right. for uh, charity connected to Churchill Downs. So there's the WLKY sign and seven young people and my co-teacher in this, Ralph Merkel, an old friend who is a WLKY alum and had not been there since 1988. You're kidding. He never went back. He never went back. Wow. So he looked as excited as anyone. This is us on the set. Again, sorry, it's radio, so we, we can't show you the pictures, but all of us on the set. I want, him to, nice. I want him to have a keepsake. So I've been doing this at least once a week i said i want no, you you're on more than that i, I see you on the, the pictures you're in there right. like almost every day thank you yes that is an accurate statement at least for three more months but i digress so i want them to have souvenirs i want them i said years from now i want you if something comes up about wlky or sports casting or the derby i want you to suddenly have a memory pop in your head and preferably a you know a, a positive, positive one, one yeah. right and if i've done that and done something to further their lives i've done my job yeah, no, I think that's because you know, there's so many things going through my head while you're talking. Because even if it doesn't like work for you, in other words, you you're really hell bent. I'm going to get that job, and for some reason you think you should get it, but you don't get it. That's part of it. Yeah, but it's not only that. In two years, that job may not exist. Like when we were in school, could you imagine if we'd seen where newspapers are now? You and I would never never have in it. a million years. Never I, would have I, imagined I, that that it was oh, yeah. that they are become so 
infinitesimally small oh, now yeah. compared to the way they were yeah. and and the way people get their information now exactly I mean, you know it's terrestrial radio as much as i'm on it i'm delighted i get probably as many people listen on podcasts as sure. they do on when you're actually I totally get it and where will we be 10 or 15 years from now that's what i'm saying who knows it's frightening i mean yeah. really we've seen more change in our business alone and in many businesses uh in the last five ten years and i mean we've seen oh it's in our lifetimes no. when you think about it i mean it's just jaw-droppingly so going back to the theme be light on your feet so when adversity comes your way what are you going to do i always i've probably told you this story bob baffert you know one of the best trainers out there he's had his issues but yes he is one of the best trainers out there and he is in california when they switch to fake dirt to to, to peta to peta however you pronounce it tapita is it tapita i think it's tapita i think, I think it's you're tapita. right i think i put the accent on the wrong so his his performance goes way downhill he's really struggling making the adaptation because california felt like torpedo would be a lot safer it turned out that wasn't the case for a whole bunch of reasons not the story here but finally jill his wife said you're like one of the best trainers ever grow up quit feeling sorry for yourself and figure it out well he does he starts training great again great success and then they go back to real dirt and so he's got to go back to the exactly so I saw something last night on one of our CSI shows. David McCallum, do you remember him oh, from The Man sure. from Uncle? He was on one of those CSI Elliot shows. Kariakin. Yes. And he passed away at 90 years old a few months ago, and this show honored him. And they, they took clips from old shows of him and built a story around that. And at one point, there's a scene where he's looking at his his friend and, and, and has become a mentor to this young man who's a doctor also. McCallum plays a doctor. And he said, you know, change is the nature of life. And it's so true. And it really struck me because I've been in this job 38 years, and I've somehow survived the game of musical chairs for 38 years and now the music is about to stop for me but it's not over i mean i'm i'm teaching already i'm doing a lot of other things i'm doing radio with you uh louis let me come on the show a few times and it's going to be something in horse racing one way or another i know that connected to it whether it's teaching or radio or some combination not thereof. jockey though yeah i think that window, i thought about that i think it, that window i think it'd be a lot of fun but that, i think that ship has sailed you could just drive, a hunch. drive harness horses you that, that would be cool oh, I, I've never. I've, I've gotten to sit in a, in a sulky. Did you ever drive? They used to have like celebrity races. Yeah, Did I never got to, one. Oh, I know. Oh, they I had one in it. New York. I remember, and I remember. I think George Steinbrenner won. Really? I think so. Yeah. I would have loved that. Yeah. You know, years ago when when I was in college, I told my dad I wanted to be a harness driver. Did you really? Yes, yes. Wow. At, at Roosevelt because they had a school there. And this is a track that's now gone uh, on Long Island, Westbury, near where Bob grew up. It was a beautiful track. It was a beautiful track. And we used to go on Friday nights all the time when oh, they were open. Oh, man. And it was the best. And it was, be- I mean, lots of people. 25,000 people. Oh, easily. easy. Yeah. And uh, so I showed him this ad in the Daily News, of you know, Harness Racing School that. at Roosevelt really? Raceway. Yeah. And he's like, I'll make a deal with you. I'm like, okay. He goes, when you graduate college, you can do what you want. And by then, and he was smart, he bought himself time, and he let me grow up some more, and, and the radio bug kept going, and that led to TV and all of that. So, but there's always that little boy in me, like, you know, because there was a horse named Silk Stockings back in the sure. early 80s, one of my all-time favorite horses, Philly, and she was trained in Rochester, New York by Preston Burris. So I got to know him, got to know the family. He, I think he might have had Niatros, too, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I may be wrong about that. But anyway, not the point of the story. Then let me go out on the farm, which is right next to the TV station, literally like two miles. In oh, my God. Rochester's very, very rural area, or at least where the TV station is on West Henrietta Road, West Henrietta, New York. Anyway, so I got to ride in a sulky there, but I'm like, I, I got to do this in a race before I'm done. Well, I got to know the family that owned Batavia Downs, which is sure. halfway between Buffalo and Rochester. Not there anymore, is it? 
Yeah, it is. Oh, it's still, still going? going? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, but I got, it just never worked out, and then I left for Louisville, and that was the end of that. You know, Al McGuire used to say, I don't know if I shared this with you, Al McGuire said in every man's life you should have three careers. One from when you're 20 to 40, one from when you're 40 to 60, and one that you can do from 60 until I agree. You, and that's I kind agree. of, I've coached until I, I got to be 40s. I broadcast like 20 years. Now, now I'm going to be a cowboy. No, I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of the time. I like that idea. But that's, you know, the journey is everything, right? And I'm, I'm determined. But you, I'm not but going to your quietly. point, and you have people in town you can use as examples. There are so many of our former, I'll say it, colleagues mm-hmm. that are doing well mm-hmm. in other businesses. Other businesses. Yeah. Rachel Platt. Sure. And uh, PR. Uh, and uh, who used to be the weatherman at HAS? Ken, um, oh, man. Got his name. Sorry, next probably listen. One day he's listening. Let me see that that idiot's still. He's the at the museum, isn't he? Is that the guy I'm thinking know. of? But there's a whole bunch of them at there. the um, Fraser Museum. There's one of them used to be a morning anchor on HAS TV. Yeah, and I'm uh, ah, gosh, I'm not sure. Him. Ken, hmm. I thought his name was Ken. He told a great story. That's how I remember. Gotcha. He had a good sense of humor. We were talking about Fourth of July, mm-hmm. and we have a great big fireworks show. Mm-hmm. And he said, I just, I don't like fireworks. I never have. Yeah. And so they had a big party, and he went to this party. This, I'm sorry. This is one of those schadenfreude things, because it's really, you're laughing at someone's misfortune. Aww. He's at they're having a big outdoor party like we have, yeah. and he's outside, and somebody shoots some fireworks. And, you know, especially 20 years ago, they weren't, they're pretty reliable now. They yes. would get a little wonky sometimes yes. then. So it went like sideways. He was like, oh, I've had enough of this. A lot of families will do this in the summer. They open their garage door, and then they put tables like in the garage. Sure. You know, yeah. so you have shade, and so he's. I'm just going to go in here. <laughs> oh no! He sits in the garage at a picnic table, and he's just eating his little hamburger. And they shoot something, and it becomes it like a, a grass cutter in baseball. No. It goes wait, it's better. It goes along the ground. He looks down. It's the inside of his shoe and goes up into his leg. He goes inside his pants. Oh leg. no! <laughs> Ken Schultz, by the way, was Ken there. Schultz. Of course, oh my of course. God, he's a really good guy. Oh, too. I don't know. You know, I like to tell stories and exaggerate a little. So maybe exaggerate a little, but that cracks me up. He was like, he couldn't get far enough away from these fireworks, and they came to find him anyway. Yes, Ken Schultz. Thank you, a bunch of people. He's he was a good weather, nice guy man. Yes, he is. Guy, he so. worked for Humana for a little while. Yes, that's where I saw him at mm-hmm. Humana, and he did Became commercials a for them. For he did Humana. A spokesperson. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they should know. Is and the other thing we. we, we uh, me and the big head of producer had this conversation. He would be talking about things like when his not uh, fourteen or fifteen year college career. How long was it? Fifteen years in college? I forgot how many years. What was the total number? Hilarious. Oh. Seven and a half. Oh, okay. His uh, fifteen year college career came to an end, and he was trying to figure out what he wants to do. His for fifteen year college career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are in school that long. Yeah, yeah they're called surgeons. Yeah. <laughs> when he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do, and he would just be stressing, and I would say. It's not like once you do it, you're committed for the rest of your life. Right. If it, you don't like it or it doesn't work out, you can do something else. What are you, you're, 20, you're in your early 20s. What are you worried about? So, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know why we stress over that so much. Give it a go. You never know. I exactly. Mean, well, you never know where you're going. I want to be in horse racing. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, writing would be great. Writing for a publication. I'd still do TV if they wanted me to. But, you know, I look in the mirror. I'm not a kid anymore. That may not. That ship may have sailed. I, I, I really, I talked to FanDuel for a long time. I, I would have that would have been a dream come true, uh, but it, I don't think it's going to work out. They're going very young right now, so I'm hoping for something. We'll see. I mean, the, in the meantime, the teaching thing's a hoot. I mean, in the fall, I, right now, I'm in line for at least two classes for sure, and I'm working on. You have uh, one class now. I have one class this semester because I'm still working at WLKY, but in the fall, I'm looking at two: one on covering fall sports, uh, producing 
fall sports stories, which would be everything from soccer, I mean, on campus, to Churchill Downs, because obviously in the fall, the weather there is fantastic. Well, yeah, they have September and November. So, and the weather is much better for the fall than we've faced so far, although the weather is very nice right now. But as a body of work, you know, you know, you start in the second week of January, it's not a barrel left trying to chase horses. So we've been mainly indoors so that you have to manage your curriculum that way. But I mean, so that one for sure. Then I may teach one in speech communications. I may do it. I did it 30 years ago. But I mean, what, intro to communications, which is what exactly Basically, speech, learning to talk do, in do, front of do people, prepared speeches, then extemporaneous yes. speeches. Yes. And then spe- I remember vaguely. You one of those, didn't you? No, I taught. I taught the sociology of sport, which was a fast. I'd love to do. Anybody listening out there, if you got a school, I'd love to do that again. It was fascinating, a fascinating course. But yeah, I still remember having speech classes. So if you're a communications major, you have to do a speech to persuade, mm-hmm. a speech to exactly. uh, an extemporaneous speech. Yes. You got to do mm-hmm. a prepared speech. Exactly. Gotta, yeah, so much. And, and it's a required course. I think everyone at U of L has to take. They do really. I, well, they told me it's required. I don't wow. know just how widespread that is, but. But it should be. It should be required for everybody because, you know, in our day and age, now with people buried in their phones, what is one of the biggest problems I see with young people in terms of the, the current business model? You're so buried in your oh, phone, absolutely. you it's don't know how to incredible. talk to people. And you don't know how to look up. And I'll and say one other people. thing, too, and I, this may sound presumptuous, and if it does, then send me ats and yell at me. If you can write, you can get through a lot of problems Agreed. in life. Agreed. If you can stop for a minute and articulate your Absolutely. thoughts and then put them down. Absolutely. I, I, That's still a you, priceless art. I mean, 6,000 years of human I mean, history. I'm amazed that I mean, from the Bible on, I mean, it's writing people, is everything. And people can't write. They can't communicate. They don't. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm become, Nick gives me a hard time, calls me the grammar hammer. That's like a wrestling character heel, you know, because I just can't stand it. Like L-O-O-S-E for lose. That's mm-hmm. loose. Your tire mm-hmm. wheel gets loose. On your I car. understand. I can't stand that. Do you watch network news? Oh, Half the time, there's no verbs. No, I, that, it's like Joe Piscopo I, does the news. The guy writing. It's awful. The guy writing the the crawl. I'm amazed. Oh yeah. How can those people? The, not sometimes know? the spelling errors, although That's they have what I spell mean. check. That's right? well, you know, the problem is they spell check and it's another word. It's a different word. Uh, and so thought about you type that. in. Yes. You know, no, I notice even I hate to say this because in, in this course I've had to I've wanted to go back and look at some of my uh, old videos to try to give them some perspective and. Uh, frankly, the easiest way is YouTube, and I found a piece of which there were two uh, grammar mistakes, and I'm so sensitive to it now, and I look back now, that was like a long time ago, but still not the point. I mean, I cringed. I'm like, okay. Well, some of them, like, ending with a, like, what is that for? Okay, I know that's not grammatically right, Mm -hmm. but... We speak it like is common speak. language. It's common language. Like, yes. for example, Billis and I got into a debate about this, actually. He said, let's do this. Okay. Fred is really hungry, which leads to which which begs the question, when's he going to have lunch? That's not what begs the question means. Begs the question is a you got to go look at it. It's almost hard to explain. It's kind of like a variation on circular reasoning. Like, um, I, I know, uh, uh, you know, I, it's hard to describe. I, like the best example is like, God, I know there's a God. Well, how do you know there's a God? Well, God told me there's a God. Well, that's it's circular. It's kind of, that's mm-hmm. not exactly what it is, but it's kind of like that. But we have used begs the question now oh, as leads to the question. Sure. And Billis was pretty passionate really? that it has become so widespread, it's accepted usage now. And I was like, well, that's because you're bastardizing it. You know better than that. You went to Duke, damn it. Stop saying it. So it was fun. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it was very but, good. Uh, but I like that. I mean, you got to hold the bar up, right? I mean, there won't be a bar. Well, that's that's and to some degree. I don't want to sound snobbish. I kid about grammar hammer, but to some degree, um, 
I agree with you. I mean, without yeah. being a, without being a you know a jack, jackass about it, you know, yeah, you 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 just because if not, what we lose the ability because I think that is a big problem right now. We can't discuss anything of substance. I did a thing on the show the other day, which I never do. But I did because I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm trying not to be political. I think you know that. But I did a half hour on the problem with guns. There's probably guns problem. in this country. I wasn't, Rumor has I wasn't advocating a solution. Right. I wasn't bashing one side right. or the other. I merely said we have to be able to sit down and talk about this intelligently. I don't know anything else in your life where you wouldn't talk about something that is uh, as, so as incredibly big a important. And I was so imp- impressed. 99% of the texts we got were in that spirit. They were very good. But, but people, it's, it was very hard. They wrote, it's very hard to articulate it without it getting personal without getting it uh, derailed by emotion right because people want to make it well if you feel that way ergo you must be a jerk or an idiot or you feel this way or something no and you can't there's a problem you can't get anywhere so we can't communicate kids are shooting kids i mean there's a problem here and i love the constitution I'm i'm a staunch defender of it but the way our rules were written in 17 or you know whatever 18 whatever Aren't the same. Oh, this is not the same situation. You have a hard time finding things that well, apply uh, to. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to walk down this road too far, but yeah, I do struggle with automatic weapons. And one of the arguments in defense of some of those things is that you know it's hunting. Uh, who's using automatic weapons for anything but? Yeah, not I mean, good things. I, I, I'm sorry, but it's hard for me to get my arms around. And now I, I do sympathize with the argument that, you know, the right to bear arms. It, it's in our Constitution. I get that. I do. And especially when Black Lives Matter and all those uh, you know problems that we had uh, and challenges that we still have ahead of us, when things are going sideways, you know, I, I've never owned a gun. And I thought about getting one. So and I thought about that that phrase, the right to bear arms and what it all means. And boy, I was on both sides of the fence on that one. I completely understood it. Yeah. But I'm like, also, it's almost like, wait a minute, then we're not. It's almost like we're not chasing the problem. No, we're not talking about the problem. We we can't talk about it. People don't even want to talk about it. Like, I'll be honest with you. I've shot twice and loved it. Mm. On vacation, I went skeet shooting. Oh, nice. And then I did a thing as a fundraiser for the Boy Scouts here. It's called Sporting Clays. Oh, I've heard of them. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is rather than, the, the, you don't know where the targets are right. coming. Sometimes yeah. they go along the ground. And it's like golf. Right. You go to different stations and you yeah, write exactly. down your score. You go to the next one. So much fun. Right. I thought it was great. I can understand why you'd like that. And I can understand why you might want a gun, a, 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 you know, to, for protection in mm-hmm. your house, I don't have one, but mm-hmm. I can understand it. Uh, that's but what the, I. That's where I went with. But the you know. but the weapons of mass destruction, exactly. for lack of a better word, I have a hard time with. No, that. I'd like to. I but do I, too. You know, somebody can persuade me. Otherwise, I'll listen. But right. I just I don't see it. That's I and I think that's the most important phrase. I'm here to listen. I mean, I really am. I, we need to reach out to each other about a variety of issues that are tearing us all apart. That is one of the polarizing topics. And oh, absolutely. The hard part for me at the end of the day is how polarized people have gotten and there aren't more people saying you know there's a definite problem now i'm not sure we're going to be able to solve it but let's sit and talk. but let's communicate let's, until we can learn we to find communicate, a middle ground we don't know how to communicate anymore and that's because we're in our phone 
We're in our phones. So, look who's, look who's in the and phone a completely right separate, now. Uh, totally separate, but un- unrelated but related topic. So my wife and I, there's a topic going on in our house right now, and we can't come to a consensus. We're struggling, but it's, uh, the point of the, uh, the topic, rather, is not the point. Two people who love each other, care about each other, uh, passionate about each other. About, no, I'm kidding. It's a joke. Thanks, pal. Yeah. Uh, my wife of 30 plus years, and she's got one opinion about it, and I've got the other. And I have tried and tried. I'm like, is there a middle ground? And so far, can't find it. Can't find well, it. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. And I mean, it's it's ongoing, so it's not hopefully not over yet. Where we're just going to sit there and be in gridlock. But what, I thought of that yesterday. I'm like, wow, this is like some of the problems in our society right here. Right, I'm living it. That a person who I care about beyond, I mean, all life. I mean, I've given my whole life to, had four kids with, is absolutely passionately on one side of this issue. And I'm like, look, you know, I'm being practical about it. Here, here's where we are, and here's what I think we should do. And she's not even, you know, drinking that Kool-Aid or coffee or anything else for that matter. So I, if, if I'm in that situation, then I've got to understand people who are in that situation about other topics and empathize with them even more. One thing I've – a class, one of the first things we talked about was contracts. And I, I said to them, because they actually brought it up, are you under contract? How does that work? And I'm like – so when you negotiate a contract, it's re- especially when you're young, it's really, really hard. How do you dis- determine your worth? I mean, these people are smart. I don't know what I'm doing in this thing. And I said, I'll tell you one thing that really helped. I remembered one thing after a couple of failed attempts at those kinds of things. Think about what you believe the other side needs and or wants yeah. and try to empathize with that side and try to embrace and even verbalize and recognize that side. I, I may think you want me for 30 years. I may think you want me for 30 minutes, whatever it happens to be. And, and I either articulate it or in the conversation that that becomes a topic of conversation. So you're recognizing something that's important to the other guy. Yeah. And the hope is, as I've said in my negotiations, I'd like you, hopefully you realize there are a couple of things that are important to me too. Yeah. And if we can find a middle ground where you get some of what you want and I get some of what I want, I think we're going to be able to okay. do a deal. And get a good agent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You had an agent for a while, right? You don't anymore? No. Yes. I did have one in the early 80s, Alfred Geller, Geller Media Management, one of the most successful. Ross's father? Oh, no. That, that, exactly. That one of the most successful agencies in the early 80s. He had Connie Chung. And, wow. I mean, I paid the light bills, right? I mean, I the, not even the electric bills, just the light bills. She's paying for the rent and everything else. But uh taught me a lot, including having a, a talent coach who greatly helped yeah, me. that helps. In terms of accents and you know the way you talk on TV, the way you act in person, trying to become one person. There's Bob the person who's in person. There's Bob the person on TV. That one of the biggest compliments is when I hear people say Bob Alvano is the same in person and on the radio. That's the goal, for better or for worse. That's what we're trying. Yeah, yeah. my agent's very very blessed. I was so blessed with this guy. I've had really? him for, oh, I've had him for. You still have Almost him. twenty years now. Alan Sanders works mm-hmm. out of New York. He's got some big name people, but he is just a wonderful. Human being. He does not fit any of the stereotypes of an agent. Nice. He, oh, he's very, very... Well, popular. I think that's important. I mean, someone you trust, but, but, right? Yes, I do. And and that does help because you're exactly right. No matter how, I've been in the business 22 years, 20, more than that. Uh, God, it's scary. <laughs> I, I understand. But, you know, the more I'm in it, the less I understand it. So this guy yeah. understands it at least. He knows just what you're talking the about. The nuances. Yeah, the, what, why they're looking for this. And he tells me the truth. If I don't ever feel like he's trying to lowball me or, or, or feed yeah. me a bunch of crap. Yeah, he yeah. tells me what the landscape is. Um, uh, Nick, what, what did you make a reference to from Tommy Boy? You made a uh, Tommy Boy reference? I didn't even... Yeah, I didn't, yeah, no, the line is when Tommy Boy... 
graduates college finally. Yeah. Um, oh, you said. Uh, yeah. Well, sorry. David Spade makes fun of him. And he says, hey, a lot of people are in college for seven years. And then David Spade goes, yeah, they're called doctors. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you said, oh, so very good. No, they, they caught it. A sharp crowd. Great Tommy Boy reference, Nick. Very, very true. Um, yeah. This, uh, I, again, these are the texts I like. This one says, I am very uh, anti-gun, but even I admit they are fun as hell to shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I understand. I, I've done it briefly a couple of times. I thought about there. getting one, like, but I don't know enough about it, but getting one to keep at a range. I yeah. don't want to keep it at the house. I, can, right. I think you can keep it there, right? And I don't you, know. I I've so. never. I've only been to a range a couple of times. Okay. One was for an I Challenge Fred years ago. It was fun. You're right. In the right context, in the right circumstances, that can be as much fun as anything. Oh, I totally it's, get it's, that. It's, it's fun. Texter says, please drop the corn pone expression live local late breaking. Not my call. Uh, so way above out. my pay grade. I will tell you that, as as you well know, like ESPN and others, they come up with slogans. Sure. Uh, I mean, they've got marketing people way above my pay grade. And Hearst, which owns us, Hearst uh, Broadcasting, which among many things owns lots of newspapers and magazines and other things. But Hearst Broadcasting, which is based on uh, actually in the same street my agent was on, uh, 8th and 57th wow. in Manhattan. That's the editorial side. The economic side is in Charlotte. Not the point of the story. But is that still your phrase? Do you still use live late breaking? Uh, live, what is yeah, it? What do you say? Uh, I think so. Live local late yeah, breaking. Yeah, I think that's true. And I understand that. I do, especially if you watch with any regularity. We got 35 TV stations doing about the same thing. It's all format. You go to Milwaukee, yeah, we have a station there. Exactly. There's a Hearst station. It looks just like us. It sounds just like us. You go to Orlando, same thing. Now we've got Pittsburgh, same thing. So, again, way above my pay grade. I understand why he feels that way, especially I'm trying to think of something I watch a lot. I watch Paramount Plus a lot, yeah. which is a streaming service, yep. and they do that a lot. They, they'll have a lot of the same. And, and if you're watching an ESP, a non primetime ESPN game, if you're on ESPNU, one of the other channels, ESPN or ACC Plus, yeah. Network, yeah, yeah. especially ACC Network, they run the same commercial over and over and over again yeah. for a whole basketball game. Drives me out of my mind. Yeah, well, so I sympathize with the way he feels. But again, well, people smarter than me and way above me have made those decisions. And, uh, I, you know, they don't consult me about those things, nor would they even listen if I said something. Fred and Louie had a great show Friday. Hope to see them uh, at ESPN 680 in the future. So i got a fan there who liked that. I'm flattered. Thank you very much. Horse racing is very close to my heart, as I've talked many times with Bob, and Louie obviously has an enormous passion for it as well. Uh, let's see. Guy says, uh, oh, he was so happy I brought up the live late breaking. I don't know why that was such a big deal, but you're welcome, no, sir. No, that's great. Uh, when I When I bought my... Well, I, this is a guy claiming, and, and this is where I would love to sit down and discuss it. He says he's got two friends who work at UPS. They're great guys, very responsible citizens, and they have uh, AK, whatever those are. AK-47, AK that's a semi-automatic weapon. And they keep them in their bedroom, they say, for protection. What I would suggest is, do you need – that's like, yes, you could make a case if you had a bazooka in there. It would also <laughs> – it would be – you know, I could say it's for protection. Sawed-off shotgun. But does he really need that right. for a guy coming into his room when it's out, also out there doing yes, the other kinds things. of harm it's doing? Well, and I will say uh, – this was a few years back. One of my friends had a – it's either a shotgun and or a sawed-off shotgun above my pay grade near his bed. And I asked him why, and he said because it's easy to shoot and you don't miss. 
and it's completely for protection. And, you know, I, I thought about that for a second. Like, you know, it's, I still think it's dangerous to have it in here. But I will say I understand. Exactly. You're asleep. You're with That's your wife. Right. You're the last line of defense. You've got at least one ability to stop somebody if they were being really stupid. So I get that. But I would still struggle with a semi-automatic weapon. Me too. Yeah. By the way, I don't know, is this breaking news? When did they do this? The College Football Committee unanimously agreed for the this is breaking the news. 12 playoff format. Mm-hmm. Five highest-ranked conference champions and seven at-large teams. Well, I would like to believe that covers it. There's always going to be somebody who feels like they're left out, right? I oh, mean, it's yeah. no, always going to happen. This is plenty. But this is, this is plenty. And because... I, and you and I have discussed this before. There's still college students. And at how many, you know... Well, I don't even think that's the issue. Honest to God, I'm not trying to be a wise-ass. That ship sailed. These guys are pros. Do you know yeah. the backup quarterback at one of the Texas schools? I don't know. Is it, is it Manning's son? Arch Manning? Yeah. His son is a backup, right? Yeah. He made three times as much money this year as Brock Purdy did, the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Did he really? Oh my gosh! That's a system that's a little that's that's messed up, whacked out. Oh, that, so don't tell me that oh they they can play they can do okay. whatever you want them to do. But having said that, yeah. having said that, here's my argument: people will always take whenever a, a, a action happens that they don't like, and then find some reason to bash it. Like for example, you're going to have a 12 place team who's going to lose in the first round next year, right. pretty one sidedly, and they're going to say, "See, that's why we didn't need this game." But you know, but in, 16 seeds win in the NCAA tournament exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's they get blown out. It's a one-shot deal. Every, you, the it's not a best is, of seven, as right? Bruce Pearl says, and he's right, it's what's the most deserving teams. And the 12 teams deserve to have a chance to play for it. I would make, yes, I would agree with that. And, and for the people who say, oh, well, the regular season now is meaningless, I don't think so. Because the first round games are going to be on campus. The top four teams are going to get a bye. You're going to have a lot to play for. That's mm-hmm. going to be an enormous advantage. Sure. You would because think. I, like, I just did a whole bunch of games. I did a game at, at Allen Fieldhouse. I did a game in Alabama. If the NCAA tournament was played on campus arenas... <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. It would be. Oh. look a lot different right. than when they're advantage. playing at one o'clock in the afternoon in, in Boise, Idaho. Some somewhere. generic stadium. I mean, somewhere, it right. is. No. Uh, yeah. with you make a heck of a difference. Yeah. Uh, he's Eli and Peyton's nephew. Ah, okay. So he must be the other one's son. He's the third brother's son. Yeah, he's Cooper's son. son. Cooper's yeah. kid. Yes. There you go. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you read the article in the Courier Journal about betting on Louisville? I didn't see that. I did not. Uh, okay. I guess there are different ways you can still bet Louisville yeah, in spite of its uh, challenges. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's. Uh, what, what happens in the next month? What I mean, so the, today I, I couldn't. I was going to ask you this. I, anyway. I just I, I love Kenny to pieces. I, I was when they when they when they won the the, the game on the road, mm. and then they came home, mm-hmm. and and they they won. What was it? Three out of four, I guess. And then they had the big halftime Almost beat lead. Syracuse, beat, right? They 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 should have beaten Syracuse. Yes, at Syracuse. They, at Syracuse, and they had only lost one game all year. And then they had BC beat mm-hmm. after a first half. And then starting with the second half at BC, it went completely sideways back to where it was. Yeah. The second half was awful. Well, they're down two Pitt. players too, right? Well, but that's you know what? Go that, look around the country. That's, yes. There are a whole bunch of people that have to play without players and right. find a way to get it done. And right. so uh, it is what it is. And I love them to death. And I hope things go well for them. But I just I don't see how they can could keep them did you see the, the the actual number of scanned tickets yowza the what now the scanned tickets those are the actual, the actual people, people who show the up arena no now this year's numbers are the average is actually a little higher than last year but the fact of the matter is 
They had Kentucky here this last mm-hmm. year. They didn't have them here last right. year. So that's, so that's why an people, aberration. That's why people use means and not averages, because mm-hmm. that so skews the average, because there were so many people there sure. for that particular game. So what is it? Oh, I don't think they've hit 5,000. I'm not sure. I don't. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Let me see. Oh, Dean said to me. Hold on. I'll give it to you. So they're losing a million dollars a game or more. I mean, it's as simple as that. Is it? Is that? Well, oh, easy. I mean, they're not making that much. Does it cost them a million dollars to open the building? No, I'm talking about so. oh, if they had 15,000 oh, yeah, oh, yeah. seats. For, oh, no let's say it's 5,000, and let's and I'm being conservative. The placeholder is 22 and change. Yes. Let's say it was 15,000. That's 10,000 people at $100 a pop. Easy, right? Yeah. It's a million dollars. So if my math is correct, which I think it is, and that doesn't include concessions. Yeah. So from a... Uh, and I'm all about business models. As, uh, when I was a kid, I'd never really cared about this. But as I've gotten older, I try to understand all these business models, whether it's, you know, Manning getting $3 million to No, I do, million, too. Or whatever. So, I, I'm fascinated in, by that, actually. Yeah, me, too. So what does Louisville really make? Well, in its prime, in its peak with Patino, it was $28 million was the gross revenue for Louisville basketball, which covered a lot of things. Now, obviously, it's a small fraction of that. How long can you sustain that before – Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the reasons, okay. regardless of the feelings, you have to make a move deal with for self-preservation. This is actually was written by our other colleague, Mark Blankenbaker. Diener sent it to me, but Blank actually wrote it. Only 88,790 tickets so far have been scanned during the regular season games. The Cards have played 14 games. So 14 into 88 goes, what, five, six, six? Not even six, right? Mm-hmm. No six, barely six. The, but, again, keep in mind. It's skewed by Kentucky. Take Kentucky out, and it's probably under five. The Yum holds 22-5 for basketball. Um, they drew 14,095 fans scan tickets to Kentucky. Which so, is even, even that's unbelievable. It's 8,000 below capacity. Yeah. But so if you take it back to 74,000, it would be 74,000 in 13 games, which is... Uh, less than six, five, just over five. Yeah. No, it's a it's a the sad state of affairs. The average scan tickets per game, and I, we understand we're different. By the way, it shows you that a lot of people, um, you know, we're, we're counted in the attendance forever that don't show up. Right. Because in 2012, 2013, the average scanned number of tickets was seventeen thousand six. Interesting. Yeah. The national the championship total, year. The total attendance was two hundred fifty five thousand. Now the next year, since they just won the championship, that's not surprising. There was two hundred seventy nine thousand, and then in 2014, 2015, there were two hundred ninety eight thousand. That's so it peaked peak. around three hundred thousand. And then uh, it went down from there. And then COVID obviously kicked it right in the jewels. Right. And uh, they only had eighteen thousand total, but that's nothing. You know, you can't read anything of that. That was because the the, the pandemic. But the last three years after the pandemic, it's been 121,000, 116,000, and then 88,000 this year. And the 88,000. That's just punishing. You cannot sustain that business model. You can't. I mean, it's, they're going to have to make a move. I don't see any other way around it. But that said, and I know there's been a lot of speculation about possible replacements, instead of going into names, what I would say is who's the guy that's going to create excitement again? Jeff Brom, unique hire, obviously, for football. Before the, the, I mean, even the amazing success in the first season created excitement by the hire. They started selling. I mean, they were stunned. The people inside the program and, and the ticket office, how dramatic the reversal of fortune was financially with season tickets as soon as Jeff was hired. Who inspires oh, that kind well, of thing? I can. I mean, listen. I'm. I'm can you again, name one? I'm yes. I'm all on board. I'm, I'm going Without to go. I'm going to, no, yeah. I'm going to go to the traffic light, like the the Shriners with a little bucket, mm. and stand there and try and okay. get because this guy's buyout I think is very high. Oh, but, who's that? Uh, Nate Oates. 
Really? NATO to Alabama fits the bill in every way. And again, Kenny, if you're listening, your family, not pushing Give for anything. Give me two or three reasons why. I'm not pushing for anything. I, hmm. I like you. I think you're exciting salt of the earth. But if they make a change, somebody's going to have to coach the team. Right. And this guy, his style's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's great with the media. Mm-hmm. He's great with the fans. Mm-hmm. He's great with the students. He has, when I, fr- I first met him, he was coaching at Buffalo. I remember. And I had a TV yes. game up there, and I went up there. I'd never met the guy before. Mm-hmm. Never met him. And so I walk in, and it's, you know, in the afternoon, you get there very early, right. you know, and so it's You're hanging out, like a 7 whatever. o'clock game. We're there at like 4.30 or whatever, and they, you know, he's going to, he's doing, finishing his walkthrough, and, and all, he and all his assistants are dressed in the kind of things you'd wear like if you were working at Jiffy Loop. You know, the, the jump, and it's got their names embroidered on the side. It says Nate right there in a the low, and I said, what the hell is this? He said, we're just trying to tell you, we're here to work. That's what we do. We work. And the whole staff is, but he's not like, no, no, and and so he's brought that to Alabama. For the game, this game against Texas A&M, all the students got Alabama jerseys, replica jerseys. And hard really? hats. And hard hats. Very good. Marketing. <laughs> the whole section of Marketing. white jerseys and white hard hats. And the way they play, you know, Ken Palm has been doing offensive charting of statistics since 1989, which is, uh, or 99, 25 years, right? 10, yeah. 25 years. 25 years. Yeah. 1999. Right. There's at least 300 teams a year. It's more than that. But mm-hmm. let's say 300 to make the math easy. Mm-hmm. What is 300 times 25? How many teams is that? That's uh, 7,000 something, right? Yeah. Right, right yeah. Now? Okay. Huh. This Alabama team this year has mm-hmm. the fifth best offense in the history since he's been charting offenses since 1999. Really? That's what the guy does. Huh. And it and and they're not what about good. His defense? They're not good defensively, but they have been. He and and but this, this week year. they had a buy, mm-hmm. and he spent last week working on their defense. And you should you could see the result against A and M. They defended. They beat A and M 100 to 75. Where, did he play college basketball? I don't know. I don't even remember. He was a high. But that's the other thing. Oh, I left out one thing. His coaching tree. What I mean? He's what? humble. He's really? high. He was a high school coach in Michigan. Nice. And he joined Bob, Bobby Hurley's staff at Buffalo. And then when Bobby went to Arizona State, mm-hmm. he took over. So he never forgets where he's from. I watched him in the pregame. He treats everybody as courteously as possible. There's a TV crew there just trying to shoot crap that they got to shoot for. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, he, easy for him to say, oh, you know, just do your thing. It's like stuff for the scoreboard during the yeah. game. Could not be cur- more courteous to him. He's great to us. I, I just, and the way he plays is fantastic. And uh, I just. Good to know. But I think he's got like a $10 million buyout. Well, I would ask the question. Well, traffic light with me? That's, that's, you, no, that's, that's 10 home games. Probably if you filled it up, it'd be less than 10 home games. Well, I suggest Jeff goes and plays a game at Alabama and doesn't get any guarantee money. That'll get you $4 million right there. Listen, yeah. we'll go play football one time there. You know, don't pay us a nickel. Don't return it. Give us $4 mil. Take one for the team, Jeff. Well, well playing <laughs> at Alabama would be pretty what? daunting. Everyone's on board. <laughs> Go get him, Jeff. I would, yeah, but I'd still say that is one of the hardest set of shoes to fill in modern day history. Try to follow that guy. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, Saban. Uh, DeBoer. I, I, I was thinking about him. Oh this signs gosh. all the city. You know, welcome, Coach DeBoer. And he seems to be, to his credit, he's not running from it. He's embracing yeah, it. Yeah. But still, I, you know, I've told this story ten times. Some list regular listeners, you'll have to endure it again. Yeah. When my brother got the job at NC State, right. went to get his hair cut. Literally, like two days in town, the right. barber says to me, You're new coach of aren't you? He said, Yes, I am. He said, You're never going to beat Dean. He said, Well, Dean's wow. really good. He said, He's got quite a, a program there, but you know, hopefully we'll build a good program too. He said, Well, you can't beat Dean. He said, Well, wait, the guy who I'm replacing, uh, Norm Sloan, had a pretty good run here. He, mm-hmm. had, he had some really good teams. Mm-hmm. He said, He had nothing like Dean. He said, Four years ago, they were undefeated. The robber actually said to him, Just think what Dean would have done with that talent. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> like I said. So if somebody decides wow. you ain't the man, you ain't the man. But, uh, you know, he's got a lot of million some odd reasons to embrace it. And they do love their football. But that's the reason I think you could get it a NATO. So I think mm. that's why I'm looking at, like, I think I love. Oh, they'll always be second. I love Scott Drew mm-hmm. also. But they just built him a new arena. He's won the national championship there. Mm. Alabama's only been to the Elite Eight maybe twice. Yeah. Now, there's a different, and yes. their building, while it's nice, is like a, a glorified Indiana high school gym on steroids. It's big. It seats like 10,000, 12,000, but there's nothing, nothing like the spectacular about it. Now, and, this is and basketball he is, country. forget about second, he is probably fourth on the list. It would be football, spring football, baseball, gymnastics, then him. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not an exaggeration. No, basketball at Alabama is an afterthought. I mean, it always has been. And, I mean, even... I mean, they, now, in fairness, they sold out, and they love him with good reason. Even but, going back to what C.M. Newton, right, was there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even then, I mean, it's it's always... I mean, I've, I've been an SEC guy for 45 Mark years. Mark Gottfried had the Elite Eight team. He had one mm-hmm. team went to the Elite Eight. But he'll always be... No, down he the, and here... I love Jeff to death, but if he if whoever at the very comes least here, he'll be tied. Right. I mean, if Jeff is continues with his the, run, right. But nobody begrudge. I don't. He's not the kind of guy that would begrudge that. No. He just you know wants to have a place that they with a history and. I, but again, I don't know. It's a lot of money and and I, I didn't mean to go this long on it. Cause no, there's it's other, okay. There's other good coaches, but I will say this. I'm glad I asked the question. Well, because I will say this, and I, it's it's somebody's going to say you arrogant PR, but that's your, your prerogative. That's what talk radio is. When may you rest in peace, Mike Pratt had a lot of say in who they hired at Kentucky when they went through Billy Gillespie and it was a catastrophe. Yes. Train wreck. You know, they, they asked him, listen, you've been here a long time. You talked and he gave them, I think they hired pretty well. I mean, Cal's worked out pretty well. The only reason I say that about me is I have been doing games on the, not only Louisville games, which is a great thrill also, but I've been doing network games for 20 years and probably 50 games a year. That's probably, I probably go through the, the power coaches and even the ones right below that like the Atlantic 10 I probably if that's 120 coaches I probably know and not like to name drop that's not my point but I mean if I picked up the phone and called them they would probably respond 90 of them mm-hmm. so I, my point is I know sure. I've seen them you in have practice the equity I've of watched the them teach that's what I'm talking about not like wow he knows them right. I'm just saying if you say how good is this guy as a coach because let's not kid ourselves that's a significant thing now yes. because we loved Kenny but he had never been a head coach we yes. weren't sure how he was going to handle things Yes, I've watched these guys guys in the media i've watched i've done interviews with them i watched them do their game prep i watched them bench coach i have a pretty good idea of who the quote-unquote elite coaches are and there's a lot of very good coaches and but i I, you know guys that that combination of the elite ability to coach and the circumstances under which they coach now there's nobody ahead of him on my list wow and you have the equity of the experience which is, I think, what you were trying to articulate. Yes, and I exactly. agree completely. I think that's priceless. I mean, who better to talk to someone like you, having seen all these guys and knowing the game as well as you do and having been a coach yourself, to give a perspective on people who stand out and maybe people who don't? Here's what I would suggest. That these skills are all important for anybody coaching college basketball, pretty much anywhere. You better be able to recruit, needless to say. You better be able to teach and practice. You better have a discernible philosophy of how you want to play. Your kids have to know, what do we, what do we want to do here? You mm-hmm. have to be able to do that. You better be able to make game adjustments. You have to be able to communicate with the campus environment, which includes the students, the community as a whole, the, mm-hmm. other, the professors, all those people. You better be able to communicate with the fans. They're mm-hmm. paying a lot of money. And you better be able to uh, um, deal with the media. He, Absolutely. Now, 
I, I, the guys on my list would all be good at some of those things mm-hmm. or all of those things. Mm-hmm. But nobody com- combined, in my opinion, is better at them than he is. Wow. He, he checks all the boxes. He articulates how he wants to play. Mm-hmm. He doesn't He doesn't give you double talk. He's respectful. He's great with the media. He's great with the fans. He's great with the students. I know how he wants to play. Did You, I, I, you know what a shot chart is about. Yeah, Mark. of course. His shot chart, the last game I said, is like my a, a dream for me. I'll have to show it to you. I'll show you. Let me show okay. it to you. It is. Then I got to run. It is. Um, uh, I got to go to X because I said. I'm really curious about this. Yeah. What is your dream shot chart? Well, you'll, you'll, when you see it, you'll recognize it in two seconds. Okay. Here we go. It is. Let's go find me. That's me. And now there's my profile. How much is he making now? The, Do you know? Probably a lot. Look, look at the shot chart. Ready? Come on. Open up. There we go. Oh, my goodness. Nothing but layups and threes. Wow, nothing, and very balanced. Nothing but layups and threes. But I mean, in and terms the yellow of, circles are makes. So yeah. it's not like they're just chucking them up there. No, they're they're, they're all they're shooting, over they, the three they're point shooting line. percentages, except around the basket. Right. They, and they have a bunch around the basket. He's right. got he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight baskets right around the basket with three misses. So he's eight for eleven in in the lane. Yes. And then his threes are three for eight, three for nine, three for ten, four for eleven, five for twelve, six for thirteen, seven for fourteen, eight for fifteen, eight for sixteen, eight for seventeen, eight for eighteen. So he's and it's almost a complete semicircle. Everyone on the court. I mean, almost so, every and spot. You, Fred, you want to see a team that loves to pass? They, oh, see, I like oh that. Oh, my God. I like passing teams. They love to pass. That's how you get these shots. Exactly. So, I'm just saying. That's a commercial. He may never come. And now watch. They play Kentucky, I think. Now Kentucky will beat them 100. I'm going to be there Saturday. 100, 100 to 20. Yeah. You know, <laughs> people come home and say, why would you, well, I, I, why I, would you want that jackass? Right. I'll be looking with uh, unusual interest now. Right. The, 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 not but just I covering Kentucky. If he gets beat 100 to 20, I'll bet you in the press conference. No disrespect, because I love Rick. He's not doing that. I'll bet you he's not coming out. You saw those comments? Mm-hmm. He's yes, not. I did. You know, they're all slow. They can't play. Wow. The facilities stink. My he totally threw stink. his team under the bus. Everybody through the whole community. I yeah. mean, the, the facilities. I was just, dude. You got you play at Madison Square Garden a lot of your games. I yeah, mean, so I mean, I'm really not feeling sorry for you that way. I was really disappointed. I got to run. By the way, that Alabama game with Kentucky on CBS and WLKY live at four o'clock Saturday afternoon. Plug. Very Famous nice. plug. I will be in Arizona. So, are you here next Tuesday? No, I'm off. I'm going to Disney. I'm going oh, from really? Ari- I'm going from Arizona to Disney Good. to oh, spend awesome. three days, and then I'll I'll meet the team in Durham because they play Duke next Wednesday. Nice. And then I'll come we'll back enjoy with them. Oh, we'll I see will. you in a couple of weeks. I will. All right, buddy. Bye, Take care. Thanks. All right, what are we doing here? We got uh, a break. It's time to pay bills. Uh, ESPN six eighty one zero five seven. Thanks for being with us. Then we got more to come. Stay with us. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.